For marketing agencies and social media managers looking to prove the value of their work, I've got something special for you. Agora Pulse is not only Social Media Examiner's tool of choice as an all-in-one social media management tool, it also allows you to track the traffic, conversion, and revenue from every social post, comment, and private message. Learn how to prove your social media ROI with a free training or a free trial by visiting agorapulse.com SME today. Again, agorapulse.com SME. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. Today, I'm going to be joined by Ali Bloyd, and we're going to explore how to turn leads into sales using Facebook ads and a bunch, bunch more. And trust me, this is game changing kind of stuff. You're going to want to listen to every minute of this episode. By the way, you can reach me on Instagram. I am at Stelzner. I'm also on Clubhouse with the same at Stelzner, S-T-E-L-Z-N-E-R. You can also email podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com. And hey, if you're new to this podcast, hit that subscribe button. I've got really good stuff coming you don't want to miss. By the way, let me ask you a question. How are your Instagram stories performing? Do you know if your feed posts get engagement over time? With the right data, you can take your Instagram marketing to the next level. Imagine being able to make data-driven decisions when you plan your future posts across Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and beyond. This is the power of Iconosquare. Iconosquare enables you to easily track your social media metrics, saving you time and money. Now you can prove to your boss or clients that your social media actions are actually performing. And by the way, Iconosquare can handle all of your scheduling needs as well so you can get rid of those other tools. As an official certified Facebook and Instagram marketing partner, you owe it to yourself to check out our sponsor, Iconosquare. As a listener to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, you qualify for an exclusive offer. Visit Iconosquare.com slash SME for a free 30-day trial and a 30% discount if you stick with the platform. Find the link by scrolling up in your podcast player. Again, visit Iconosquare.com slash SME. You can support this show by checking out our sponsors. Let's transition over to this week's interview with Allie Bloyd. Helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Allie Bloyd. If you don't know who Allie is, you need to know who she is. She's the founder of Allie Bloyd Media, a company that specializes in training local business marketers, and she's host of the Marketing Inc. podcast. Allie also trains local business marketers via her local marketing mastery program. Allie, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here again. So today, Allie and I will explore how to use Facebook ads to turn leads into sales. 
Now, let me start with this question. Why do Facebook ads work well for moving people from a prospect, if you will, into a sale? Because a lot of people think of ads just for direct selling and they don't necessarily think of it as nurturing and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So as somebody who works primarily with local businesses, this is something that we have to focus on 100% because most businesses in the local space, they're not making a direct sale online. So the goal is to turn an audience of people in your community into a lead, into a stronger prospect, and ultimately into a sale, and then hopefully a repeat customer and an advocate for your business. So there is an amazing opportunity for businesses to take people that have never heard of them or never seen them, and then also the people who have heard about them and seen them and have simply never worked with them, and give them a way to take that person, bring them into their ecosystem, so to speak, and then give those people the opportunity to become a customer while taking them through that natural buying process that every person goes through when they are really considering making a purchase of any product or service. And so the ability to reach these people fairly easily is a really, really important part of it. But also the ability to do this in a way that people don't have to be searching for you in order to see you and become interested and even ultimately buy from you. So what I like to tell people is, Social media marketing gives people this opportunity to actually increase demand for their product and service in their community by putting out content in a way that kind of plants the seed of desire in the minds of those people in their audience. So a lot of different angles that we could talk about, but ultimately just giving local businesses the ability to control their own lead flow is one of the most important things I'd say. Well, and you don't have to be a local business. If you're in any kind of business that has a long sales cycle, I would imagine, right? Or has seasonality. Long or short. Right. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, I don't necessarily consider myself a local business. I do exist in a local community. I'm in local networking chapters and I do work with people locally, but I'm an online business and I work with people all over the world. And it's the exact same process that we use internally for my business and that all my students use in their agencies for their business, as well as the local clients that we work with. Well, and I think you hit a couple of important points. First of all, not everyone is ready to buy when you ideally would love them to buy, right? So people True. seek certain kinds of products and services at certain stages of life or at certain times of the year or after certain kinds of events have happened, for example, move to a new town or, you know, just started a business, dot, 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 right? So Facebook ads allow you the opportunity to be in front of these people, presumably as they are just living their life on Facebook and then start down the road of kind of being familiar to them because what's the old adage? People buy from those whom they know, like, and trust, right? Absolutely. And that's kind of part of what we're going to be talking about here a little bit. So what are the most common ways? Let's start with the lead generation side of this. What are some of the most common ways, you know, to generate leads with Facebook ads? Yeah. So it really is all going to start with your offer. And so for those of you that are not necessarily familiar with what I mean by the word offer, this is going to be anything that exchanges 
information for something else. So it could be a lead magnet or a gated content offer. What that means is you're putting a piece of information behind a gate, so to speak, and that gate is going to require them to enter their name, email, phone number, maybe something else, but typically for gated content, we're only asking for some of those basic pieces of information. Once they enter their information, they're gonna get access to that thing that you've promised them. If that has been well thought out and put together correctly, it should do a couple of things. First, show you as the business owner that they have an interest in what it is you do or sell. So now that you have this interested party based on the content they're willing to give up their personal information for, you then have the ability to present an actual core offer or that product or service that you're trying to sell in that moment when they are most interested and also after the fact on an ongoing basis now that you see that topic of interest to that specific person. You can also promote a core offer directly. So that could be something like a loss leader or a product preview offer. But essentially what those words mean is that you're actually presenting them the opportunity to work with you, whether that is through some type of promo code or voucher or special discount. Maybe it's through a consultation or some type of demo. Um, it could even be a live event. There's a lot of different offers that you could put out to them. But this is really a way to work with you more specifically. And so like we mentioned before, with the lead generation side, of it, they're not going to be giving you money right then and there. So what we need to do is be thinking about what is going to bring the either largest volume of people into our pipeline or the most highly qualified and most likely to buy people into our pipeline. And those are the two different offer types that you can use to do that. Okay. So these lead magnets or, you know, gated content synonymous, I'm sure in that language means the same thing in my mind. Yes. Mm -hmm. Give some examples maybe of what you've seen some of the people in your community do just so people can visualize this in their head because not everybody does this, right? So what are some examples of like a good lead magnet? So I actually do the five-day challenge in two different formats. So I have one that's a live challenge, and that's where we actually have a start date. And I do that live for five days in my Facebook group. And then I also have an evergreen version. So those are just recordings of a past challenge that I edited, put into an email and text campaign so that people can actually go through one of those challenges, even if I don't have a live challenge coming up. So that's been a really great lead magnet or gated content offer for me and my business specifically. We also have one that we're doing for a financial services business. And this is a little bit more difficult because there are very clear regulations for financial services companies. And because of that, a lot of those businesses aren't even actively doing lead generation because they're too afraid that they're going to be breaking the rules and they're not sure how to do that. And so they've really resulted in, you know, these more traditional marketing campaigns that are not working, they're not trackable. So what we were able to do with her is do a lead magnet for a free video training. So mm. it's not a live webinar. It's really that they opt in, they get access instantly to this video training. And what that does is produces a high volume of the right types of leads, but it also produces scheduled calls for them because after they watch that training, there's an option for them to schedule that initial call. And they've already been able to close several large accounts from that campaign. And it just started about 
I'd say less than 60 days ago. So that's another really good example. And then you also can do a PDF style lead magnet. That could be a checklist. That could be some type of guide or template. So there are a lot of different ways to use a lead magnet or a gated content offer. But my best advice on doing something like that is number one, you've got to make sure that that topic is very much in line with what your ideal customer wants to know or use. Because if it's not, it's not going to give you those right types of leads. The next piece about it is that you can't just simply get them to opt in for this lead magnet, and then never really have the option for them to take the next step or start working with you. So I know we're going to talk a little bit more about that as we go through this. But that is exactly what a lead magnet lead generation strategy could look like. Real quick, are you sending them off to a page with a form on it or are you using a lead ad or any of the above? Yeah, we actually use a lot of different options, three mainly. So the first one would be lead ads. They can work really, really well if you're going to be sending something through text message. So I really like using these for anything that's video related because people can really easily watch videos on their phone. If you're doing something with a PDF download, it makes it a bit more difficult because a lot of people don't know how to save a PDF on their phone. And so it's just not the ideal format. The reason why that text message component is really important when you're using a lead form is because that information is going to autofill. And a lot of people have incorrect or old email addresses associated with their account. But most of the time, that phone number is accurate because people use that as a security measure to be able to get back into their account. And people just also don't change their phone number that frequently. So that's a really important factor to consider that if you are using lead forms, I highly encourage you to focus more on text messaging than email delivery because you're going to see a much lower email deliverability or open rate because a lot of those people will not be checking those email accounts that are associated. So we also use landing pages. My five-day challenge, this is landing page only. I've never used a lead form for that. And that's something that I've been able to really optimize so that I know I've got really high conversion rates on that page. And then the page that follows is an opportunity to schedule a call with me and my team to see if they want to explore working together. And we get a pretty high volume of scheduled calls immediately after the opt-in for those challenges. So people don't even necessarily have to go through the content of your lead magnet in order to take that next step. So just so I'm clear, they're going to your form and the thank you page basically gives them an opportunity to schedule a call with you. Is that what I'm hearing you say? It does. So we let them know, hey, if you signed up for this free challenge, that means that you're interested in improving your lead generation campaigns. And if that's the case, you're really going to enjoy the challenge. But if you've already tried things in the past and feel like you really need a bit more handholding or professional help in this area, we'd love to talk to you. Go ahead and just schedule a call. And so it's really that easy, acknowledging that the fact that they opted in for that lead magnet tells you that they need help in this area and that you have a solution to that problem. And a lot of times that's the biggest thing that people miss with a lead magnet strategy is they never offer that next step or they expect the email campaign to do all of that for them. But the moment someone opts in for something, 
that is when their attention is focused fully on you. And that's also when they're thinking the most about this problem that you're solving or this thing that you can help them achieve. So you want to take advantage of that moment when their eyes are focused on you and your business and your content. And you want to go ahead and give them that offer for whatever the next step may be. All right. I want to circle back to the lead ad and specifically the telephone number. Is there specific software that you recommend that will take that phone number and put it into kind of the equivalent of an email system and allow you to communicate that offer over a text message? Yeah, absolutely. So the program that we use is called High Level. This was designed specifically for agencies and it does a lot. I consider it an all-in-one platform. But one of my favorite features of this system is the ease of text messaging and the ability to mix email, text message, and other types of communication methods all into one campaign. And so I have tried a lot of different softwares over the years, and this was one of the first that allowed me to do that very simply and easily with a tracking number that also allows us to track inbound phone calls. And so doing something that is automated is necessary if you're going to be running lead ad campaigns because you want to make sure that that text goes out right away. And the great thing about that system is that it directly integrates with your Facebook page and that lead form. So you don't even need a third party tool to connect them. Awesome. What about the scheduling of the call on the thank you page? Is there another technology you use for that? Or is it just another form that they fill out? It's actually included in high level as well. So that's one of the things I really like about it is that everything you need for the lead generation side from managing your pipeline and the actual sales process text messaging, email, appointment scheduling, and a lot of other things. It's all in this one place. So it communicates very well with each other. You can clearly see the steps that people are taking after they opt in for either your offer or your lead magnet. And that allows you to just gain a lot deeper in terms of insights into what people are doing before they actually purchase from you so that you can invest more time or energy into what's working instead of just kind of guessing and assuming what people are doing before they actually become a paying customer. Oh, this is solid gold so far. All right. So we talked about getting the lead and we kind of talked a little bit about what to do once you get the lead, but let's talk a little bit more about what needs to happen to maximize my results after I've acquired that phone number or acquired that email address. Yeah, absolutely. So this is actually, in my opinion, probably the most under-discussed topic when it comes to Facebook ads. So a lot of marketers out there are listening and they've probably thought to themselves, I've tried lead forms before, or I've tried to use a funnel or a lead magnet, and we haven't seen any results from it. And there are so many reasons why that could be happening. But one of the biggest reasons is that there's very little thought process in terms of what happens when that lead comes in. So kind of like I mentioned when we were talking about lead magnets, a lot of people, they're getting someone to opt in. They're not even immediately giving them a next step to take after they opt in for that, a step that really forces them to become a more qualified lead through that process. And sometimes they're just sending them one email with that actual lead magnet in it and expecting that to somehow miraculously create a paying customer. A lot of people really depend too heavily on that content itself to do the selling. But the truth is, 
a lot of people are never going to open that. They're never going to go through that. And you have to accept that. I'm sure we can all look back on things that we've opted in for because we think it's going to be really valuable. And maybe we just put it somewhere and save it for a rainy day. We don't open it right then. We're like, I'll check back on that when I need it. And so if that person that presented that lead magnet to us, if they were relying on us to actually go through that in order to take that next step, well, then they're not going to get that opportunity to take the next step with you until that rainy day comes about. So what you have to do first and foremost is really understand the sales process of your business. Every business has its own sales process. And sometimes the process that maybe you've been using for a really long time isn't in fact the best process to turn a lead into a sale. So a great example of this is the ability to have your leads schedule a call. So I've worked with a lot of different businesses that had never integrated call scheduling or account setup calls into their process. So one thing I like to ask people is, what does it take for you to make a sale? Where does that sale have to take place? So if that sale has to take place in a physical location, the bulk of your energy needs to be focused on getting someone to your physical location because that's the only way they can pay you. If you make sales over the phone, then you need to be able to get people onto the phone. If you do virtual consultations or Zoom calls, that needs to be the place where we're really focused on directing people. But what happens sometimes is we have businesses that are a little bit of a mix. So I'll give an example of a client that we worked with that they had this exact scenario and we were able to integrate a call scheduling feature into their sales process that worked incredibly well. So this was a company that was a physical laundromat and they also did laundry delivery. So this was towards the beginning of the shutdowns and, you know, this business was not actually open for their physical laundromat. So they were just focused on laundry pickup and laundry delivery. So you have to ask yourself, where does that sale take place? Well, in a physical laundromat, they're coming in. So that's one sales process that you would need to look at separately. But for laundry pickup and delivery, you've got to get someone to schedule that first pickup. The problem that I saw first and foremost is that they were expecting brand new leads to go to a web page and put in all of their information, including their home address, because this is a delivery and a pickup, as well as their credit card information. And really kind of, in my opinion, they were asking for too much from people who had never worked with them before. There are a lot of people that are actually hesitant to put in that type of information when they've never spoken with someone. So my first instinct was, we need to get people on the phone and you can set up their account for them and make sure that their questions are answered and that they feel comfortable and that you know exactly how much you're going to be picking up and if they have any special requests or how soon they need that delivered. And once you have them that first time fully set up and you know a lot more about them, then they can start doing that on their own in a more automated fashion. But I personally felt like that personal communication 
aspect was really missing from that sales process. So what we did was we created a lead generation campaign that was focused on giving new clients a special introductory offer. But in order to claim that offer, they had to either click to call right then and they would be able to speak with someone who would be helping them set up that account and activate that offer. That's kind of the phrasing that we use. Or they could schedule a call when it was convenient for them. So in terms of call scheduling, a lot of businesses like this have never tried anything like that. And so they're hesitant to add this new thing. And they're like, how is that going to help us? But the truth is, your customers are most likely busy people. I try and think about things from my own personal experiences a lot of times. I know I'm not the same as everyone else, but I do know a lot of business owners and we're all busy. And I could opt in for something right then and there. Maybe I have, you know, three minutes and I'm just scrolling. I opt in for something, but do I have time to actually have a full-on call with someone? The answer for the most part is no. I do a lot of calls during the day. And so if someone just calls me out of the blue, 99% of the time, I'm not going to answer that call because I'm on another call or I'm doing something else that requires my attention. So for me, if they don't give me the ability to tell them when I'm free for that call, it's going to be just a game of tag back and forth. And I've had that experience with businesses in the past that I actually really wanted to work with, but they never gave me the ability to tell them when I could speak with them. And so they would call and they'd call, but I was always busy and I'd try and call back and I'd never get anybody. And so it really just highlighted the fact that if you don't give your clients or potential clients the ability to set a time that works for them, there's a good percentage of those people that you're going to miss. So that's really why we try and do it in two ways, the click to call right away or the call scheduling. Because of that, we were able to get so many more people on the phone, which is a big problem some people have with lead generation. Number one, they're only contacting them through email, which, as I mentioned, a lot of times people will either give a bad email or it will be an old email. So it's going to be not 100% reliable. And even the businesses that are calling they're calling at a time that's convenient for them, not necessarily convenient for that lead. And who knows, maybe that lead called back and they were on another call or they were on a lunch break or it was past business hours. So really thinking about your customer and their schedule and what they need and also where do we need to get someone in order to actually make a sale? And so for a lot of businesses, the phone is a great place. We also just help someone set up this exact same structure with a gym. Obviously, you want people to go into that gym. But if I'm a brand new lead and I've never been to this gym before, how difficult is it going to be to get me to walk into that gym uh, without any other communication and so we added this call scheduling feature to activate this new offer. That way, they could make sure that they knew where the gym was located. They also were going to offer them a free personal training session. So that kind of clarifies why they want you to schedule the call. I think that's important from a consumer standpoint, you know, letting them know we need to set this up 
for you or with you and make sure we've got all the correct information. Otherwise, people are going to think that it's not necessary. So because you're able to get that lead on the phone, you can ask them about their goals. You can ask them the types of workouts they like to do. When's the last time they've been in a gym? And if they feel like they need, you know, additional support or a tour when they come in, and then you can get them scheduled for that free personal training session. And when you get them scheduled, you can also take the payment by phone for that introductory offer. This offer has a cost to it. It's not a free offer. So if you're expecting someone to pay you, you've really got two options as a business such as this. You've either got to get them to come in of their own volition or you've got to get them on the phone and take that payment. And so that is the best way to capture a larger percentage of the leads. There's still going to be some people that you never get on the phone with and hopefully those people do just come in but you want to retain as much control over the process as you can. And sometimes that means getting a bit more creative and not doing things simply because it's the way it's always been done. You really want to analyze that process and ask yourself if it's best for the consumer and if it's best for you as a business in terms of converting the sale. So I know I kind of went off on a, a little tangent there. No, that was amazing. That's why I just let you roll. What about content though? Because some people, they don't have a sales team that's going to get on the phone. You know, what can we do with content to maybe nurture? Yeah. I don't even know if I'm, nurture is the right word, but you know, presumably they fill out the form, they got the initial offers or anything else we could be doing with content to kind of warm up a prospect. Yeah, for sure. So we've got the sales process taken a look at. We've got that automated follow-up like we talked about. So that's one example of content. The first emails and texts, they need to be directly about whatever it is they signed up for. But if they do not immediately convert, you don't just want to let them off the hook. You want to continue to plant the seeds of desire. You want to continue to get them excited with a sense of urgency or something that's exclusive. You can't just end the conversation if they don't take action right away. So being able to have creative pieces of content through text, through email, those are going to keep people engaged. So one thing that a lot of people don't do, even with just their email list, is they'll get people on an email list and then they never email them. So they don't expect to hear from you very often. So conditioning people to hear from you on a regular basis is a great thing but it has to be valuable content. Otherwise, they don't want to hear from you on a regular basis. So this really goes into having a content plan and understanding the topics that are of interest to your audience. And we actually had our entire last podcast episode on this topic where we really dove into what are those content categories that your audience is going to be interested in related to your product and service, adjacent to your product and service, things that will actually convince them in some ways that they need to go ahead and do this instead of just thinking about it. So that could be video content, that could be blog content, it could be very quick tips and tricks. It could be testimonials. There are a lot of different styles of content that you can use. And I suggest mixing it up. But you absolutely need to have something that's set up to keep these people on the hook, so to speak, so that they don't just swim away and work with some other business. And how frequently and how long term you want to set those campaigns up, it's really going to depend on the length of your buying cycle. But it also could be something that you take a week and you really build out an extensive 
content-focused campaign that people are just going to automatically go into after a certain time frame if they have not called in, scheduled a call, or actually began to work with your business. And we did this not too long ago. So I was able to build out a four-month email sequence of incredibly valuable content, which is a mix of lead magnets, a mix of videos, a mix of tips. I even threw some of my poetry in there that's related to business, things that give people a great idea of what I'm about, what I can help them with, and just trying to blow them away with value. And those things do work. They may not always kind of shout it out to you whenever somebody becomes a client. But when you can actually look back into your CRM and see what people have opted in for, see the different emails they've opened or responded to, see the conversations they've had with you, you have a much better picture of what it actually takes for a lead to become a sale in certain scenarios. Because there's always going to be those short-term conversions. There's always going to be some of those, you know, I call them middle-of-the-road conversions. And then you're always going to have those people that convert six months, a year, two years later. And most people, they forget about someone after a week or two, and they never think, how could I be maximizing this person that I spent money to acquire? How can I deepen the relationship? And most importantly, how can I get them to buy from me? And what other offers could I present to them if that initial offer wasn't strong enough to get them to convert? So we talked a little bit about automation. How much of this can be automated? Quite a bit, ultimately. And so I encourage people to automate as much as possible, but never forget the human element. Most businesses, if you're doing any type of lead generation, there should be a phone call, a real human on the phone that's calling someone. Obviously, if you're going to do call scheduling, there's clearly going to be a person there. But the human element is important. However, after a certain time period, it's not going to be financially beneficial for your staff or your team members to continue that manual follow-up if somebody's not responding. And that's where automation is huge. Like I mentioned, I spent a couple of days and built out a four-month email campaign that can run to anyone that comes into my pipeline and it's going to be relevant to everyone, whether they end up buying or not, which is the great thing. I don't necessarily have to segment that out too much, but automating text messages, automating emails, even automating voicemail drops, all of those things can be done. And taking advantage of every automation opportunity without forgetting that you're a real human selling to other humans, that's going to allow you as a business owner, you as a marketer, you as you know a contributing team member to be able to get a lot more important things done while the automation takes care of those monotonous type of tasks. And it also allows you to do a better job because if you rely on human beings to do something the same way every single time, it's just not going to happen. People forget, they get a little lax about things. And so expecting a real person to send all these communications to someone manually, it's just not realistic. So you're able to tighten that up a lot when you have these automations in place. And then have someone check in every so often as a real person to keep that human element in there and make sure that if there are questions someone has, those can be answered by someone who can have the ability to answer those questions for them. 
Talk about tracking a little bit, because I can imagine this could get exceptionally complicated to track. How do these automation tools help with the tracking? Yeah, tracking is one of my favorite parts about doing this, because as somebody who was an in-house marketing director for a long time with businesses that operated in this way, I saw how difficult it was for them to actually track where their sales were coming from. So attribution is always a little bit sticky because if you're doing more than one thing, there are so many different elements that could lead someone to that buying decision. But I always want to know where did they originate and what are the steps that they've taken since? I also want to be able to see if somebody has called us. I want to be able to see if they've texted us. All of those different things should be tracked. So we as marketers talk a lot about tracking in terms of, you know, your analytics and the things that you're seeing on your ads manager dashboard. But that is only one piece of the equation for anyone focused on lead generation, because after the lead comes in, it's taking place somewhere else. So there has to be a real person that's looking at this data. So having a pipeline, a CRM, customer relationship management tool, that's the very first thing that someone needs to have. And then it needs to be edited to fit those stages of their buying process, like we talked about. Is that the high level software again, or is that any, I mean, what are the tools for the CRM that you're using? Yeah. So the one that I use, it is included in high level, but there are a lot of different CRMs out there. Most of them have a free version. So if you're not using something right now, that is really the first step I want you to take. What are some of the other companies? Are we talking like HubSpot, Marketo? Is that what you're talking about? Well, HubSpot does have a free CRM. There's one called Podio. I used to use one called All Clients. Um, there are really so many different ones out there. And ultimately, what I think is most important when looking for a CRM is that it integrates with the other tools that you're using in your business. So I would highly encourage you to take a look on Zapier and see if the CRM you're thinking about is one of the apps in that system. Because if it's not, it's not going to be able to communicate with these other platforms in a way that will give you that accurate data in terms of what's taking place. So lots of different options. Salesforce is another one. Salesforce. Yep. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah, absolutely. So, so many different things. The most important thing to me is that somebody's actually using that and that they get their team, whoever is dealing with sales, they need to be using that on a daily basis to move people through the stages of the process so they can actually see where are people getting stuck? You know, once you start to have all these leads in a pipeline, you're going to start to see that there are some columns that are way longer than others. Mm -hmm. And what that tells you is that people are getting stuck in those stages. And then you can say, okay, if people are not progressing from these stages as I would like them to, what can I do at this point of the process to move them along? So just... Being able to see the information gives you so much empowerment to be able to make the right decisions that will overcome the challenges you have. But most businesses have no idea where people are getting stuck in their process. So they're never going to be able to figure out how they can actually fix it. And then understanding, again, what people have actually opted in from and to get into your pipeline in the first place, that's really, really important. Um, and then looking at the time frames of what it's taking for someone to convert. Uh, we could talk about tracking extensively. I've got my salesperson has a spreadsheet that she updates every single day with how many calls she has, how many of them showed up, how many offers she makes, what her closing ratio is, 
all of those different things are being tracked on the sales side. But on the marketing side, we really want to know how people are flowing through the process, where they're coming from, how many people are scheduling calls, how many of those calls are converting into paying customers, and then what that data will tell you, that's really going to guide you on your next step. And call tracking is the other thing I really encourage everyone to do if they're not already, because there are a lot of people who want to call you. They don't want to fill out a form or they simply want to talk to a real human being before taking the next step and being able to have different call tracking numbers for different platforms or types of advertising, that's going to give you the ability to see where the highest volume of inbound calls are coming from. And then once you tie that in with a CRM, you can say, hey, are we getting the most sales from people who are calling us inbound? Because if that's the case, let's do more click to call style campaigns, because that is what is producing our paying customers. Is the Facebook ad side of this only used on the lead acquisition side? Or are we also using this on the nurturing side? Yeah, we do use this on the nurturing side as well. So some of that same content that you might put in those longer term campaigns, you can use those inside of your advertising for people who are on your email list, for people who have been engaging with you or have submitted your forms or have gone to your landing pages. Because the truth is not every offer is right for every person. So maybe somebody saw an ad for my five-day challenge, they went to the landing page, they were like, hey, I don't really know if I want to do this myself. I don't know if I want to take five days to learn how to do it. I think I just want somebody to do it for me. So they leave, they don't sign up for the challenge. Well, the fact that they were there shows me there's something about what I do that is interesting to them or that it's a problem that they're having. And so sometimes it's as simple as presenting a different offer. So we do something called a setup package. I would retarget those people with information about how to get your entire funnel system and ad system set up really fast without having to do the work yourself. And maybe it's a tutorial style video where I'm showing them these different things, or maybe it's a case study where I show them what's happened in the past. But being able to take a look at what people are doing and then get them into that next phase of the process with something that's potentially a better fit or is simply designed to keep them aware of you to help you stay top of mind. Because the same way that we want to do that with email and text messaging, people are on these platforms day in and day out. And if you don't see someone on a recurring basis, so easy to forget about them. And even seeing someone's name in your inbox doesn't necessarily foster a strong relationship. The content can do that. But I want someone to know my face and know the name of my business and know exactly what it is that I do. And I also want them to see some of the variety that we have because every business is more than just one offer or one lead magnet. So you need to be able to show people through those ads what it is about you and your business that really makes it worth it for them to take the next step. Real quick here, I think what I'm hearing you say is, Hey, route number one is let's try to get their phone number or their email address, and then we can send them uh, down a path using these automation tools. Route number two is maybe they went to my offer, but they never opted in. And I can follow a very similar route. I don't know who they are, but Facebook knows who they are because they're in a custom audience, right? And I can keep remarketing to them. Is that what I'm hearing you say? 
Yeah, absolutely. So there are some people that do schedule a call with us and they don't close right away. I'm not going to stop advertising to those people. They are the strongest prospects we have because they've taken the time to actually get on a sales call. So you're even advertising to the people that you've got their phone number or you've got their email address just because you want to be top of mind with them is what I'm hearing you say. Absolutely. And you can do that so cost effectively. And it's one of the cheapest, easiest ways to convert more leads because those are the qualified leads. But people never take that step to really just say, hey, I'm here. Check out the latest result that we've gotten. Check out the new thing that we're doing that might be a better fit for you. Because sometimes timing just isn't right for someone. Maybe they're dealing with personal things, things in their business. Who knows? And so you can't just write someone off as, oh, well, they had a call with us. They weren't interested. Adios. You've got to really be as committed to them as you hope they will be to you. Allie, you're teaching a two-hour workshop at our upcoming social media marketing workshops called How to Test and Optimize Your Facebook Ads for More Sales. Can you give us kind of a 60-second what people will discover if they come participate in that? Yeah, absolutely. I'm so excited about this because it's going to be a two-hour interactive session where we're actually going to be walking through setting up a brand new ad campaign from start to finish. And so we'll be going through how to choose these different pieces of creative that you want to test, choosing different pieces of copy, understanding the structure of the campaigns that you want to use for testing, looking at the different places that we're sending them and how to set those up and in what order. So this is going to be something that you'll be able to come out of my session with a completed campaign and you'll be able to ask questions and hopefully we'll be able to get to everybody, but I could have eyes on your campaign and let you know if you're on the right track. So this is something that is so different than what we've been able to do before. And I'm really excited to be able to be in there helping people do and not just learn. Well, and most people that run ads, if it doesn't work, they just shut it down. They don't understand how to keep optimizing and testing their ads. And that's the kind of stuff they're going to discover from you, right? Absolutely. Allie, this has been solid, solid gold. If people want to discover more about you, where exactly do they go? Yeah, I would love for you to check out the Marketing Inc. podcast. That is a great place to get a lot of really amazing content. I've definitely focused on trying to be as helpful as possible on that podcast. I also have a Facebook group called Remodel Your Marketing Local Business Growth Community. And you can check out my website, alliebloydmedia.com and grab some of my free lead magnets, join my five-day challenge. I would love to connect with you just on organic social media. So wherever is the best fit for you, that's exactly where I would love for you to find me. Ali, on behalf of all of my community, thank you so much for bringing the fire today. I really appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. And thanks again for having me. I always enjoy it. Did you know that we can deliver awesome marketing info directly into your inbox? Simply subscribe to our weekly newsletter that comes out three days a week. You won't miss any of the updates going on in the world of social marketing. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates. Also, if there was anything we mentioned and you just didn't grab the name of the tool or the software, visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash 445 for all the notes. And if you're new to the show, Hit that subscribe button. we got some amazing stuff coming your way. And if you've been a longtime listener, would you let your friends know about this show? I am at Stelzner on Instagram. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week. 
I hope you make the best out of your day and may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Want more good stuff? Sign up for our top-notch social marketing newsletter. We deliver it straight into your inbox three days a week. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates.